Welcome to another episode of Thinking Like a Bank, where we show you how to think like a bank by applying the same strategies and principles that banks use to help you find more financial freedom in your life. I'm your host, Sarah Ibrahim. With us today, I have Mark Bashirs. He is the president of Top Wealth Agenda. He has helped his clients grow their wealth to achieve financial security and reach their personal and financial goals and dreams without the risk, worry, or volatility of stocks, real estate, and other investments. Mark has put his clients on track to building more than $50 million of additional wealth they most likely wouldn't have had through safe, proven financial strategies. That's why Mark's clients think of him as their secret weapon, helping them build and safeguard their wealth. Mark, welcome to our show. Hey, great to be here, Siri. I really appreciate the invite. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's it's nice to have a fellow bank on yourself professional. Uh, for the audience who don't know what bank on yourself is, you can go back to episodes one, seven, and 24, where we talk about bank on yourself used in different ways. And this is exactly what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be about more of bank on yourself, more used in the way for employees and employers and other ways too. Uh, Mark, before we talk about Bank on Yourself in those settings, do you mind sharing with us more about more about your background and how you got into the specific niche of financial services? Absolutely, because this was a, uh, a journey I, I didn't plan for. It just happened. And it was all from uh, financial pain that I experienced in my early uh, days out of college and that decade from 97 to 2007 was just such a rocky road for me. Um, I didn't go to school for financial services, but I find myself here doing it because I'm like, how can you have so many financial factors go wrong <laughs> in 10 years? And um, from age, uh, let's call it 27 to 37, it, I mean, everything from the, the dot-com crash to 9-11 to mm -hmm. the real estate crash, the mortgage meltdown, Whew, that was a, a whirlwind of a decade of, and, and then, and it got me upset at the end of the day, I was looking for um, an alternative to growing wealth without all the sleepless nights. And one day my attorney, my real mm -hmm. estate attorney asked me if I had any cash value life insurance. <laughs> and I was a little frustrated with his question, how that had anything to do with you know, my asset protection. Uh -huh. And, and he, uh, he said, no, don't get upset. The um, cash value life insurance is creditor proof. Yep. So should you have any cash in there uh, and things continue to get worse, nobody can get at it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that is rather interesting. Um, didn't know that fun fact. And one day, not too shortly thereafter, I heard the bank on yourself ad, a radio ad on one of the satellite radio stations. And, and I, I called the number and I, I dig into it and say, what is this? What are you talking about? It sounds too good to be true. And they said, well, we're talking about cash value life insurance. And that, so twice in the same week, I'm, I'm told to look into it. So I put my head down. I mean, gosh, in 2008, the whole real estate market and financial market was in such a tailspin. And I had time. I had time to research this, this concept. And I dug into it and I said, if if no one told me this was an option out of college, mm -hmm. then I better start telling everybody I can, because that's how many people don't know about it as a, as a easy way to grow your wealth, but mm -hmm. then over time, then leverage that wealth into making returns that are easy returns without the frustrations of the market volatility. 
So I discovered it by accident, mm-hmm. uh, took it home and said, I'm doing this and mm-hmm. I'm going to set up shop and the rest is history since 2009 and we've got hundreds of clients. And my favorite term to use is um, we're at a new all time high today. Mm-hmm. Every one of my clients are at a new all time high in their policies and they can't screw it up. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty exciting. So that that's how I heard of it, how I got involved. I've got multiple policies mm-hmm. in my family, um, but then I'm also an entrepreneur along mm-hmm. the way. So I, we can talk more about that as we dig in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that story. And you you dropped a lot of key, you know, key points, like how your attorney asked you about if you had, you know, this policy and asset protection. And, and a lot of people only think of life insurance as just life insurance, right? Cash value life insurance, or not even cash value. A lot of people don't even know that life insurance policies have cash value. And if they're properly designed, right, you know, the bank on yourself way, do you right. mind sharing what that means? Like, what is exactly the bank on yourself concept in, in regards to using cash value whole life insurance? Sure. Well, every dollar you earn needs a home. Mm-hmm. It has to reside somewhere. And, you know, the old fashioned way is in your mattress, right? And then bank accounts, checking accounts, savings accounts, or investment accounts. And investment means you're, you're introducing risk. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about it using life insurance, whole life insurance is a place where you can warehouse your money, where it's safe, secure, growing, and in your control. Keyword is in your control. Not to mention it has fantastic uh, tax favorability mm-hmm. that we can definitely touch on. So the idea of bank on yourself is building your financial foundation rock solid that no matter what other market forces are out there, your your money is safe and growing and liquid. Safe, growing, and liquid. I think that's probably one of the most important things, right, of running a business. Now, along with growing the wealth, right, securing it, protecting it, you can also leverage it to use for different places, other investments, other businesses. Do you mind sharing more on that? Sure. sure. This is the, the most interesting component. So it's one thing to make money, save money, and grow it for the future. But then how do we put the that same dollar to work in multiple places? Here's where the real exciting part of having a properly structured policy is that with no questions asked, you can have access to that capital, roughly 90% of it, and borrow against that policy to use it for potentially an opportunity or maybe it's an emergency. And when you leverage that policy, your policy still continues to grow as if you didn't borrow it. Whoa, there's a little game changer, right? Mm -hmm. So my policy does not skip a beat of its compounding growth, even though I've borrowed against that plan to buy something, hopefully at a really good discount. And when you have that type of opportunity, it's all up to you and your creativity, how you wanna leverage your own plan. And, and I've heard that the example, like, for example, if you had a house and the market value of the house was, let's just say $500,000, and then you borrow against the house, it does nothing to the market value, right? The market value grows, whether you have a loan against it or not. And the right. same is true, right? With whole life insurance. <laughs> well, the, the one thing about the whole life insurance versus the value of your house is uh, your house is not guaranteed to go up in value. Yep. And your policy is, will have guarantees to go up in value plus a hundred plus year track record of earning dividends mm-hmm. without fail. So 
the the idea of comparing the whole life to a real estate venture mm-hmm. is not it's oranges and apples there mm-hmm. one is rock solid and the other one is volatile with uh, the ebbs and flows i live in south florida mm-hmm. and i've been here 22 years and i've watched the, my neighbor's property double in value <laughs> and then reduce by 60% to then double in value again <laughs> to now you you can't even touch it because the price has gone so up. So it's so volatile in uh, real estate, but, but volatility is, is where you want to avoid it. Yeah. Except for on the, on the falls. Yeah. When those um, good asset classes crash or reduce, mm-hmm. that's, that's when bank on yourself is your, is, is your go-to weapon because you can get access to that capital and buy those uh, investments or properties or mm-hmm. whatever it is on a discount. Um, many of my clients did so well yeah. leveraging their policy uh, during COVID. Yeah. You know, we saw Wall Street drop 35, 40%. Could it get any cheaper? Maybe. <laughs> but there were some bread and butter companies there that you could pick up. And so my clients who dipped into their policies and bought some pretty grade A stocks, we had no idea the market was going to rebound in six months. They were willing to wait, you know, multiple years for it to rebound and make a strong return, but they benefited even better. Mm-hmm. And then once they got that money back, they, where'd they put it? Well, they just put it right back into their policies. No questions asked. Yeah. I, I love that. That exact clear example. Right. And this is where like thinking like a bank comes in. Is that like during volatility? Yeah, it's bad, but also it can lead to good things. Like, I, I bet you that, between 2007 and 2009, 2009, a lot of wealthy people became wealthier because of that, because they had access to cash. Because you know, if you had a real estate property that was you know worth 500,000 and then some sort of economic crash affects it, and then that price goes down to 250,000, so it lost half its value, it only makes sense or it, it only helps people who have cash, access to cash to buy it. Because banks are not going to loan against an asset that just dropped by 50%. It doesn't make sense from the lender's perspective. It's too volatile. And that, that's what happened in between 2007 and 2009, right? A lot of equities was tied up in homes because the market values dropped. Banks were lending against it. But if you come in with your whole life policy that has nothing to do with the stock market, it has nothing to do with real estate, you can leverage it, borrow against it, take out cash out of it, and then buy properties. Your cash keeps growing. And I, I love it too, because it's like you're living in your own banking system, not literally an FDIC insured bank, but your own, it's kind of your own banking rules. Source of funds. Yep. You got to have a source of funds, you know, and, and banks are all well and good when times are good <laughs> and wait till, you know, this recession we're maybe headed into, yep. you know, how, how the lending environment's going to tighten up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I got tired of kissing the rings to yep. the bankers, you know, back yep. in the 2000s. Uh, it was brutal. And, and when the markets crashed, the lenders, those, those really nice lenders mm-hmm. that would take you to lunch all the time. <laughs> after the markets crashed, they were asking you to pay for lunch. It was, it was, it <laughs> yeah. was brutal. And they, and they, now they call me for more business, yeah. but yeah. guess what? I've repositioned into whole life policies where I have my own source of funds and I can, uh, just play golf with the bankers, but not borrow. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of, it's, it's counterintuitive, right? Banks give people who don't need money, money. Right. But when people need the money, they absolutely will not give them that. That's, that's right. the last, you know, last people banks want to give to. That's so true. 
It's so true. And the, the lenders, they go on this, these calls there because that'll make their boss happy that they yeah. made so many calls, yeah. but they never plan on lending you a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it happen. Yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very interesting field, and this is where you know comes in right. Become bank on yourself, becoming your own banker. Now, mm-hmm. I've heard from other bank on yourself professionals and other people who utilize the strategy cash value life insurance, becoming their own banker. I've heard of some people that kind of still do both. They still have their life policies. They still leverage banks. Are you one of the, one of those people? Do you still like for some certain things use banks, or are you trying to completely eliminate banks out of your life? Like. In it- a, if, if you can eliminate them entirely mm-hmm. out of your life, that's the best. Mm-hmm. That's the best. Um, but on some other, when you get multiple ventures going yes. at the same time, you may need a, a third-party lender for some some line of credits and mm-hmm. just to, for the business venture itself, or if there's a partnerships involved that I have bank on yourself policies, but they don't, Yeah, you know, so there's some negotiations that we can do between that. Um, but that's no, awesome. I've, I've, Gosh, how many different ways have I used a policy since yeah. I've got, got them started, you know, more than 10, 11 years ago? The simple stuff is, you know, purchasing my own cars, yeah. you know, and then my cash flow just pays myself back. So I've eliminated that lender. That was fun. Um, I've helped my kids through college. So I eliminated any of the student loan lenders. That was fun. They're gone. Okay. And business opportunities um, is I you've, you've heard about or one of my business opportunities happened when there was an oil spill in the Gulf. Oh, wow. And uh, you know, I'm here in South Florida, Southwest Florida and tourism was just mm-hmm. crushed because there's oil in the water and a business opportunity arose. And do you think a bank would lend on a waterfront investment, but there's oil in the water, <laughs> never get by compliance yeah, ever, yeah. ever. But the opportunity is the price kept crashing and yeah. crashing because a lender would never touch it. So therefore it had to be a cash buyer. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we're so fortunate to do so. So business opportunities. Um, I've gotten three businesses off the ground by using policies, mm-hmm. um, policy loans, and the cash flow from those businesses is just returning back to those policies. Um, and also the peace of mind from it, the tax. Yeah. And reporting and all that kind of stuff that you don't have to do compared to when you use a lender and they're in your books every 90 days because they have to pass compliance. Yeah. Those guys are out of my hair. It's just, it's just it goes on and on. How can you liberate from third party lenders who are only there to make a profit at the end yeah. of the day, not not save your family? Yeah, um, they, they have they have reserves, right? And then they have to multiply that money. They can't just let that sit there, especially in a lower interest environment. They're not making money. They're, they'll go bankrupt, you know? So they right. have to lend that money out to other people and then multiply that money. You know, the rule of 72, whatever the interest rate is, divide that by 72. That's when you double, you know, your your, your money. So 3% interest, 72 divided by three, I think it's 24. So every 24 years, your money doubles and so on. The higher the interest rate, the shorter the period of time until you double your money. I think that's what the banking business is all about. It's how how much money could we make in the shortest amount of time using other people's businesses, their ideas, their hard mm-hmm. work, their credit, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I bought a house uh, six months ago. It was our first time buying a house, first time dealing that closely with a bank. And 
we did everything right. The bank doesn't do anything. We, we give them the pay stubs. We give them the tax returns. We give them whatever they ask for multiple times. We're at their mercy to buy the house. We need them to, to buy the house, you know, yeah. and they're at an office somewhere. They don't have to put up any risk at all. Obviously they have to invest in the property and uh, in, in, in the loan, but at the same time, everybody else does all the work. That's right. That's right. You know, here's something I just remembered that I yeah. did. I, um, there was a good friend of mine who was an architect and he was breaking out from working for an architect and he was setting up his own own practice and he was excellent at what he did. And I, I totally trust him. And he, he just needed some money for that expensive architectural software and uh-huh. expensive architectural printers, you know, making out those big blueprints. And he couldn't, he couldn't get a bank to loan on him because he had no revenue uh-huh. history to report. So here he is trying so hard to get ahead and the lenders aren't, you know, you can go to small business and all that kind of stuff, but you got, you got to, you know, give them your firstborn and all that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff and four pounds of paperwork. Um, yeah. So I, I just said, you know, what's the offer the banks are even giving you to, for the $50,000 you need for yeah. all this startup? Cause I know you're going to be successful. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, it's going to be about eight and a half percent and it's got to be paid back in this town of time. And here's the monthly da, 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 da. And I said, well, I believe in you. Um, what if I'm the bank? Mm-hmm. And we just had a handshake and a small promissory note, you know, yeah. between him and I, and I loaned him the money and he paid me back in monthly installments. And remember my original capital, even though I loaned it to him, is still earning its guarantees and dividends. So mm-hmm. there was another way I put some money to work from the policy. So, so it was the the terms were eight and a half percent interest yeah. that, that he would pay you. Yeah. And as of today, right, I think the companies we use, I think it's about 5% simple interest as of today. So that means that assuming that it was 5% interest that you bought your money at, you borrowed, you made a spread there, right? Between 5% sure. and eight and a half percent. Yep. And you made money in your policy while it was That's growing. It, 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 the growth was never interrupted. Correct. That's correct. And it was peaceful. Yeah. You know, it was a very small document between yeah. he and I, just so that everyone knew yeah. what the scorecard looked like. And uh, he successfully repaid all the money and okay, my good. policy did its thing. And uh, we, it's all success, you know, yeah. moving forward. And I would do it again. Yeah. And I, and I love that because it wasn't just about you making money, but it was also about your friend making money too. You helped him right. launch his business where banks wouldn't, you're, you're right. If there's no cash flow, no collateral, no land, banks right. don't really care about that kind of business. You know, I think That's it's right. like 90% of small business loans get denied. Right. Only the ones with experience, cash flow, collateral. But here you are, you know, you change your friend's life. You, you, you believed in him and yep. helped him launch his business. That's right. Exactly. You know, and one other way we've, um, strategically help uh, one of my employees, one of my key employees. Um, you know, he was always getting um, recruited away from me. And, <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, how am I going to stop this? And, you know, they, he'd come back to me, you know, well, that company has a 401k and all that. And then it just dawned on me, well, we're going to set up a policy for you. And we, the business are going to fund it for you. And here's what you're going to have when you're you know, when you retire, here's how much is going to be in there. And here's the cool thing is when you need it, when you retire, it's going to be tax-free dollars. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's one of my favorite checks to write every year is to fund one of our key employees, um, 
bonuses. So let me just unpack some stuff. So number one, what is a key employee? What does that mean? Well, obviously somebody that's vital to uh-huh. your operation and every business out there has them, whether you're a small company or yeah. a big company, there's people you just can't afford to lose. And, and in this case, when your competitors are trying uh-huh. to take away your people, how are you going to fend them off? Well, you got to be a little original, a little unique. And, mm-hmm. and with a properly structured policy, the, the cash value is building on the key employees' behalf. Mm-hmm. And someday when they need to leave or you know need to retire, they're going to walk with it. In the meantime, the employee needs me to fund it. Mm-hmm. So there's you know, a little bit of a golden handcuffs there. You know, yeah. As long as I keep working, you'll keep putting money in that, that instrument? Absolutely. And, and it's, you know, there's a little agreement between the company and the employee. Mm-hmm. And then what's the, uh, what, like, for example, what is the agreement? Is it like they work for you for 10 years, 20 years? Yeah. Based on the age of the person and all yeah. that. Um, typically you want something to look, looking 10 years out mm-hmm. because no one knows what, where we're going to be in 10 years. Um, and then obviously there's terms and agreements between, well, if he had to leave, what would happen? Okay. And, and, and that's all well and good, you know, things happen. Yeah. Um, the other fun part is that you can also in the agreement, allow the employee to have access to borrow against that plan where it was so different than any of the other qualified plans yeah. out there that are being offered. And maybe they need a new car or maybe they need to put a kid through college. Well, we, we can have a liquidity uh, availability mm-hmm. to that employee, which is, is just a game changer. And so that's for me and my employee. Now yeah. we've been also educating that to our business owners out mm-hmm. there. Um, obviously the business owners need to know about this type of product because there's the buy sell agreements between the partnership mm-hmm. that we could set up. And obviously as the old joke is, I don't want to be partners with my, uh, my partner's wife. Yeah. If something ever happened to my partner. So the, the, the buy-sell agreements are, are very, very uh, important to have if you don't have one out there. And I'm happy to help anybody get those set up. But then for the cool thing about using what's called the executive bonus plan or section 162 uh-huh. is that an employer can discriminate of who's eligible yes. for these type of policies. That's a, that's a biggie because small business owners get suckered into putting in 401k plans because they think that's being competitive with their yeah. competition as they offer a 401k. Well, then they, the employers incurring you know, fees and taxes and regulation, but they're also in that 401k plan has to be offered to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot to unpack in that. By using the 162 executive bonus plan is the employer can predetermine who he wants to set these plans up for so he doesn't get roped into all the minutiae of these qualified government plans. Mm-hmm. Can you provide an example of uh, the executive 162 plan being used in a, in a, for one of your clients, for example? Yeah, well, it, um, exactly the same as the, my employee, which okay. is, okay. you know, you're, we're going to set up a policy uh-huh. on your life. And you're going to be the owner of the policy, but we're going to be the ones funding the policy. Okay. But to do that, we're going to have an agreement between yes. us that 
that establishes what you can do and can't do and what you're agreeing to do, you know, to work here for a tenure of time, mm-hmm. five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it may be. And the cool thing is to the employer, mm-hmm. you know, that is really a payroll that is deductible to the employer. Mm-hmm. And to the employee, it's going in tax, it's going in after tax dollars and will come out tax free to the employee employee down the road. Mm-hmm. The one thing that we can also tell you, it's creditor proof mm-hmm. again. Yeah. So if the employee got himself in trouble, that money is protected as, as well. And if the company got in trouble, that money's protected. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and if that, then they all should just take the money and run. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that that somebody might, you know, be like, all right, well, what if, what if you guys go down? Then, you know, it's still, it's still protected. And, and the, to the employer side, the administration mm-hmm. to run one of these plans is minimal compared yep. to running a 401k plan. So I have, I have several like medical practices, small, you know, dentistry yeah. and things like that, that maybe there's 12 to 20 employees. Yeah. Well, setting up 401k plans is just not advantageous to the employer. So when you can have this type of mm-hmm. savings vehicle, it's a win-win. Employees love it. The employer loves it. Yeah, and, and I would even say it's not not advantageous to the owner, the 401k, and not advantageous to the employees, really. Yeah, there's no guarantee that money's going to grow. <laughs> it's There's no guarantee, and they have to pay taxes right in the future. They have to pay a tax penalty when they take money out under 59 and a half. The 401k loans are, if you, if you think about it, they're taxed twice, right? Because when you take yeah. out that loan, and then you, you're going to pay back with after-tax dollars, put the money back in with after-tax dollars, and then take out... The money in retirement, taxable money in retirement. So it's tw- taxed twice the four one k's, four one k loans. Yeah, I agree. I, I call it a tax trap. <laughs> yeah, and and you can't fight it. Yeah, <laughs> it's no yeah. fun. When you mentioned, for example, like if you had a company with ten employees and you had to administer, I know there's very minimal administration for the executive plans, but is that something that you guys do? Do you guys manage the the accounts? Well, yeah, we stay in touch with our clients you know, mm-hmm. sometimes monthly, sometimes semi-annually. It just yep. depends on the needs. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do reviews, you know, every year of how the policies are going. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if any of the employees want to look under the hood and yes. see how much money's there, you know, we're there to help. Now, I kind of want to just uh, um, go for a little bit further into the tax part, because I think that's really interesting. So let's just say I, I have an employee. I'm going to do a 10-year plan. I'm going to do $10,000 a year for this employee. I use company dollars to pay that $10,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. Okay. And the employee, that, that's basically compensation. Okay. Gotcha. So that compensation is income to the employee. Gotcha. So some taxes are due on the employee's side. Yes. Just, just like you would if you took the money home, you would yes. owe taxes. Well, now the money's going into a policy. And what... Our, some of our employers mm-hmm. are doing to offset the tax, the, the income tax for the year, is they give them an extra bonus to cover what those taxes would be for that given year. So the employee okay. would still see 10000 going into the policy. Yeah. And the employee would, and I'm going to use 30% rule here for taxes, yeah. but it's close yeah. enough. So we gave them a $3,000 W-2 bonus. Okay. In that year to cover that 
10,000 that went into his policy for his current payroll taxes. Okay. Now, Mark, as, as we're talking about, you know, the control, the liquidity, you know, not being affected by markets, being able to use this in an employee setting, benefiting the employer, benefiting the employee. Why don't more, why isn't everybody doing this? <laughs> so why is society conditioned to do all the wrong things? You know, that, that's really the question. Who, who's pulling the puppet strings here? Yeah. Um, there's, there's so many advantages to having cash value, dividend paying life insurance in your personal financial toolbox, yeah. as well as your professional financial toolbox. So how are the big institutions in Wall Street, you know, brainwashing society yeah, to, yeah. to and condition to say, I have some money, I want it to be worth more. So I'm conditioned, I guess I got to put it at risk in yes. the market. And then you're told, oh, yeah, and you're so young, you know, even if it goes down, because you're young, you make time to yeah. make it up. Yeah, time to make it up. And then which brings me to my next question is, you know, what is the, the logic behind average rates of return, right? I guess it's that if, the, if somebody's young, they put money in the stock market, their funds go down, let's just say 30, 40% down, then over time, you'll average 8% or 9% or 10%, whatever the case is, giving you a 10% rate of return over that period of time. When in reality, that's not true, right? That's, that's right. And uh, averages are, is a dangerous word mm-hmm. in the financial world. And people are getting away yeah. bragging about averages or an average rate of return was 9%. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, how much money do you still have in your poly- or in your investment, yeah. Mr. Client? Well, actually, I have a little less than what I started with, but I made 9%. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, people have actually bought into yeah. that and been conditioned to believe that word average rate of return. And it's just as simple. You know, if you put $100 into uh, an investment account mm-hmm. and it went up 100%, well, 100% and it went up 100%. So that's $100, right? Yeah. Your 100 went to 200 Yeah. And the next year, it the... The investment went backward 50%. Yeah. Okay. So if you just average that, your average rate of return was 25%. Yeah. That's pretty good. How do you like your 25%? <laughs> but did I make any money? Yeah. No, yeah. you have the same money. You <laughs> actually lost money because of inflation. And time. You lost time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other key thing. Losing time. In, in my example, yeah. of 97 to 2007, if I put the same money into policies yep. in that window of time compared to what I did in qualified plans, IRAs, 401ks, because that's what society told me to do, mm-hmm. my HR department, my CPA, yep. they told me to do that from age 27 to 37. And it, if I had just done what we're talking about, there's a six-figure swing in that decade. Mm-hmm. I, and the opportunities I missed because I didn't have any liquidity because I was afraid to sell an investment because it was down, right? And, and that's where society gets trapped. So your financial pyramid has to start with cash value, dividend paying life insurance. Mm-hmm. Build that foundation in your pyramid will give you permission to take some risk down the road, mm-hmm. but you can't do it in reverse order like we're being told. In reverse order, you get out of college, you're right. Your first job, the HR lady gives you, or man, (laughs) gives you your 401k packet and you feel like you're saving for your future. Yeah. You're not. You're just not. 
you should immediately push back on that 401k plan and start warehousing that cash in these policies we're talking about. So you can build that foundation where you know where it'll get to your future, financial future. Now, Mark, I guess somebody listening to this might think, well, this is all really nice if you have a lot of money. So do you no. think this, everything we're talking about is applicable only to people who are wealthy? My, my, my clients start as low as a couple hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And I have clients that put in hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. Um, so it, it works the same way, yeah. regardless of the amount of money you're going to have to work with. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is you got to get some money working in your favor and building that foundation mm-hmm. and building that tax footprint. Yeah. No, that that's one of my favorite things is knowing my future tax footprint mm-hmm. compared to if I had a 401k or an IRA and I don't have a clue what the government's going to do to the taxation um, to society in the next 10 or 15 or 20 years. Mm-hmm. But nothing shows me it's going to get better. Yeah. Tax wise. And I think whether the economy gets taxes or economy, whether they both get better or worse, it doesn't change bank on yourself. It doesn't change the benefit of it. Bank on yourself is good in an upward market and a down market. And it's good in a high tax place and a low tax place. So it's not like, well, let me take my odds. Let me take my chances. You could take your chances and do bank on yourself both. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying is build that foundation first. Then we can even have some fun taking some chances. Yeah. And when you actually now take those chances, the original dollars are still earning for you, yeah. which would offset any of your failures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's if you good. took a chance that didn't work. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually very simple. It's actually much more simple than people think it is. Um, do you have any free content you could share with the audience and they could, so they could learn more about this? Absolutely. You can get a free chapter of my book mm-hmm. uh, at topwealthagenda.com. Uh, you, you can just log in there and, mm-hmm. and then download the chapter. Um, or you can re- reach out and schedule a time to with me. And the mm-hmm. way, easy way to do that is you would go to bookwithmark.com. Mm-hmm. Now, the trick on that is it's Mark with a C. Okay. So M-A-R-C, bookwithmark.com. And you can schedule uh, 15 minutes or as much time as you want. And, and, and if any of you out there are looking for a, a free, honest, Mm-hmm. Um, financial audit yeah. that will also tell you where you're headed if you do nothing differently. Mm-hmm. That'll all, and then also what you could rearrange or reposition and show you exactly where you would be in 5, 10, 20 years down the road with, with one of our plans. And again, do that by going to bookwithmark.com. Okay, bookwithmark.com or topwealthagenda.com to download a free chapter of your book. That's correct. Okay. Happy to help anybody that wants to learn more. The process is all about the education. Yeah. And then you you get to decide. And then you can help clients in all 50 states, right? All 50. Okay. Well, sounds good, Mark. I I really enjoyed having you on this podcast, talking about your background and bank on yourself. I'm looking forward to having you back on the show. I can't wait. I get excited about this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you grow more wealth, please visit www.finassetprotection.com. That's F-I-N, assetprotection.com. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.